0: This is the Windmill Dynasty Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Oste. Let's get started. All right, welcome into the sixth episode of the Windmill Dynasty Hockey Podcast. With me today, I have in the house, Stuart Miller Davis, back again. Happy to be back. All right, today's episode is a special episode. This is my top... 101 players for the 2023 NHL draft I spent a lot of money more money than I'm willing to admit Uh, I spent a lot of time it uh it was it was a lot of effort to, to scout this entire draft class I didn't get to watch every single player there's a lot of players that are eligible for every single draft but I did get to watch a lot of the CHL a lot of the USHL a lot of the NCAA quite a bit of European players although not as much as I would like but Overall, I feel pretty good about this year's draft class, and uh, I'm ready to share my rankings publicly. So let's get started. My 101 ranked player for this year's draft would be Zeb Thorsfall of Sweden. Not much to say there. Looks pretty good at the U18s. I thought he looked good in the bottom six. These are all kind of dart throw players. I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be trading up or trading down or just, you know, trying to, trying to say like, oh, I know what's going to happen with these guys. I, I don't. They're throws, so let's keep going. Uh, 100, or sorry, 100, Alexander Nemo. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. Is it Helnimo?
1: Nemo. Sure. I have I no have clue.
0: <laughs> he's a big kid. Uh, you know, big goalie, stop pucks. Let's hope. So, moving you on. You play the percentages. <laughs> oh, yeah, you play the percentages. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Nemo is, he's big. Like, he's not just, he's not just, you know. He's he's goalie big, like six foot six, six. two hundred and ten pounds. Yeah. That's... Oh no, he's only he's only six two one eighty three. No, okay. no, no. I was wrong about Hal Nemo. Yeah, that's a bit small. <laughs> I'm a little bit more worried now. But with a that's name like of a regular sized goalie these days. <laughs> yeah, but, but with a name like that, you're you're bound to have some success. Let's be real. That's there's only names like that that come along once in a while. So uh, ninety nine. I have Quinn Manti of the Brandon Wheat Kings. He jumped out to me a few times. He's like a poor man's Matthew Mania. Or really poor man's Matthew Mania. I'm I'm probably ranking him higher than anyone else. I thought he had some really interesting flashes of uh, skating ability and transition. He defends pretty well. His team always played solidly against uh, against Connor Bedard. That's kind of my 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 scouting against uh, my scouting for defensemen in the WHL was basically how did you look against Connor Bedard.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Or how did you look against Zach Benson in twenty in twenty fifteen? My evaluation of defensemen was probably uh, in the OHL was probably did Connor McDavid look make you look like shit? Well, that's that's not a necessarily a problem because he does that to everybody. Oh, exactly. And Connor <laughs> Bedard is going to do
0: that. to players more often than not. There's a reason why I have someone like Nate Danielson ranked as high as I do, and that's because I thought, man, this kid could play in the NHL next year. He he really handled his assignments against Bedard very well, so we'll get to
1: him later. But yeah, uh, if you if you got beat seven out of ten times against Connor, well, that's uh, probably not bad. Yeah, so that's <laughs> exactly. I mean, Connor
0: McDavid is. I I still I I would hesitate to put Bedard in the McDavid stratosphere of prospects because I don't know if we'll ever see a McDavid prospect again.
1: We might. We we but...
0: might. There's a few coming up that are really good. I don't think Macklin Celebrini's in that stratosphere he's really good though i love him um you've got you know michael misa misa in, could be in, in 25 26 25. you've got uh, you've got gavin mckenna yeah he's good too. he's really good too like there's there's no shortage of high-end prospects coming into the nhl for the next two years so it's it's exciting uh let's keep moving along we've got who have we got to here we've got dylan mckinnon of the halifax mooseheads at 98 uh, mckinnon's a very uh he's a very physical player Kind of like his defensive game. He, you know, some will say, "Oh, he could be Ben Chirot. well Anyone who's just solid defensively and hits a lot, they just say he Traded. could be
1: Ben Chirac. Traded for what? Two first round picks.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's Ben Chirac's development curve was a little bit.
1: Uh... I don't know. He was the class. He was at that deadline. He was the classic. Oh, this you need this guy in the playoffs. You got to pay for that, and yeah. Florida did.
0: They did, and it's, it's, it ended up being 31st overall for Montreal. So it's, you know, not, not an amazing value in return. <laughs> Could have been so much better. Oh, Florida really ruined that for us. Uh, so continuing on, you've got Cole Knubel. He is a uh, draft plus one player in, in the sense that he was not drafted in his draft eligible year. He improved mightily over his, uh, his, his, you know, his season this year. I, I really thought he was one of the better USHL players this season. He's gonna get drafted. Not sure where, but he will get drafted. Uh, keep if we keep moving on here. Quinton Burns of the Kingston Frontenacs. I'm really low on him. How do you feel about him, Stu? My biggest issue is availability, man. Like it's, it's not as bad as I've you know thought it was. It's just like every time I go to see him, he gets injured, and then he comes back like a, you know a week later and he misses a few games. But
1: yeah, I I I legitimately wanted to to see him play because i'd seen him ranked in like the second round at some point for some people oh he still is and i was like every time every time i i looked at their raw like i went and looked at the roster or whatever it was like yeah he's injured it's like i i don't know like you can you can be a really really good player but if you can't stay in the lineup like, what's your value, really?
0: <laughs> and the other issue that I have with Quentin Burns is that when he is in the lineup, he takes so many penalties. Like, defensively speaking, his teams just look lost. That, that could be the coaching. That could be the talent around him. Uh, I don't think his flashes of skating and puck handling are enough to outweigh a lot of his deficiencies. That's why I have him ranked at 96. Um, but yeah, once again, he does have some, you know, he has some skills that I think could translate if he really really improves but you know it's a dart throw you, you hope for the best there uh now we're going for the ultimate dart throw Damian Clara the Italian goalie I mentioned him on my previous podcast he is a big goalie he's six foot six yeah he's gonna get picked I don't know by who but it'll be it'll be a fun goalie to watch over the next few years uh Jordan Turini of the oh where was he he was in the QMJHL and I'm forgetting where he was right now Uh, Turgny. He has an older brother who was drafted or was signed by the Habs and played in Slovakia this year. Miguel. Uh, So Jordan played for Shawinigan. He's got some offensive skill. I'm not thrilled with him. You know, the skating is pretty solid, but he's kind of small. He's not super physical. Another one of those, like, Etienne Morin type players who... You like some of their offensive skills, but you really look at the rest of their game and you just wonder, like, that's ah, this looks good at the QMJHL level, but I wonder, will it even translate at the AHL level? I doubt that. Um, good player to mention. Etienne Moran did not even make my top 101. So if you're wondering where is he, he's not in there. Uh, moving on, we have Scott Ratzlaff, the goalie for the Seattle Thunderbirds. He looks really good. He, he looked really, really good in many, many, many games for Seattle this year. So... If you need a goalie and you've got some extra picks, I think he'll get a third or fourth round pick from an NHL team.
1: If I was being honest, if I'm if I'm an NHL general manager, I'm taking a goalie every single year.
0: Oh, not just one. Like You take <laughs> two and you just... Yeah, you just
1: wait. And they're just so mysterious and you never know where they're going to come. So you might as well have a cupboard full of them. Yeah, and I... I would definitely
0: rather have my goalies go to the NCAA. I'm not someone who likes necessarily the, the CHL goalie development route. I think you see a lot more talent coming from the NCAA in the last 10-20 years. But um, eh, still, it's a goalie. You never know.
1: You never know.
0: Uh, here's a player that is not going to be in anyone else's top 100. I, I would be shocked if he is. Actually, let me go take a look. This would be uh, the uh, North Bay Battalion... Anthony Romani, he is an analytics darling. I really, really, really like him. Uh, He's not anything... I don't think he has really any NHL skills. He's just a little bit below average at everything, but he's smart. Maybe that would be his NHL skill is his smarts. Mm. He's really good in transition, not in the sense that he's making... He makes... He allows other players to make plays in transition. He's like he's a really good quarterback. He's not a defender, but he's just a really good quarterback on the, in transition. I'm, I'm a fan of him, hmm. and I think you know he scores a lot of big goals. He played really well for North Bay on the third line. He an some, NHL comparable? An NHL comparable for Anthony Romani? Uh, wow, that's that's really tough. You know, I don't know who I would actually say. but So if you actually go to his, um, his elite, elite Prospects uh, draft guide, the one thing they, that will, uh, you will see here is he actually had better numbers uh, at even strength. He, he had better numbers than Brennan Hoffman, Sasha Pasijov, you know Shane Wright. I like players that can score 5-on-5. Five five because, you know, you look at players in this year's draft that you know, dominate on the power play... There's a lot of them and it makes you question, you know, do they have the skill to do it five on five or are they just smart enough to do it five on five and that's, that's a big separator, especially for long-term NHL success. So no, I would take a, I would take a swing on him in the fourth or fifth round for sure. Why not? Um, Moving on from Anthony Romani, we've also got Zach Schultz. He was a defenseman I really liked at the U18. I thought, you know, played really well in his own zone. not anything special offensively. I don't think he'll ever score 20 points in the NHL. He might not make the NHL. He's he's just a solid player. He offers a little bit of defensive upside. Can kill some penalties. But after that, you know, I'm not. you don't want him on the power play. He's not going to play more than 20 minutes a game ever. But that's fine. Uh, Roman Kansarov, a nice Russian player. He's got a little bit of sneaky potential, I think, to outperform his draft class. He's just small. That's about it, and you know, doesn't necessarily have as much zone entries as you want in a player that small. It's like he's not going to drive possession, but the vision. So if Mark
1: Bergman was still running the Habs, he'd be there. He'd he'd be on there. Oh, board. he would be
0: there. He'd be their very typical third line or their third round pick. Yeah, he's their he's their typical third round pick. But I wouldn't blame a team like his numbers in the MHL last year, where he was over a point per game. So.
1: Yeah, that's that's what that, you want. But he is
0: five foot nine, you know, 175 pounds, and the defense isn't necessarily outstanding. But no, he's not a he's not a liability. All right, moving on. That was our first Russian player from this year's draft class. There'll be a few more as we move up. Uh, you got Soto at 89. Simon Kingston. There's some potential there.
1: Yeah, he's an interesting one because I've I've seen him a few times. Um, the first time I saw him, I loved him. Mm-hmm. Um, like he was just flying that night. I think he scored, he scored one or two goals, um, and was just like really good. And then two or th- I think that's the second time I saw him, he was invisible. Like I just didn't. <laughs> I, I was not seeing anything good from him, and. It, I
0: don't yeah. know
1: that's that's part of that's something you'll see from a lot of scouts on Kingston
0: Prospects was just they had nights they looked terrible just terrible yeah. and there was nights where they didn't do anything I,
1: I seriously question the coaching oh yeah you're not the
0: only one I mean <laughs> like, it's they got really screwed there by Paul McFarland
1: yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was unfortunate. That was that was a, a almost a, a Colorado Patrick Watt type situation where he's like I'm leaving in the middle, leaving in August. You're like, ah, uh, training camp. The heck! Like, this
0: is how are we supposed <laughs> to finish training camp? Yeah, it's it's one of those it's one of those situations you hope you never see again. As a Kingston Frontenacs fan, we are locals here, so it's uh, we do see a lot of Kingston games. But yeah, that was I watched so many games where their power play just nobody moved it was just static passing from point to point from corner to corner and it's like are they trying to do anything are they trying to set something up here like what's the point of all this and it's just needless passing so if they get a new coach maybe they get some more talent who maybe you know maybe things change but if things don't change with the coaching that could be a really there's a player i really like for next year christopher thibodeau and I, I don't know how he's going to fare next year. There's also a few other guys. Jacob Ataglia could be, you know, a mid-round pick.
1: Yeah, it does not shock me that they decided to give the Memorial Cup to Saginaw instead of Kingston.
0: Oh, I mean, Saginaw's <laughs> got
1: Michael Misa, so it's
0: yeah. right off the bat. There's You've got a marketable player with a team that... There's a shot they have Zane Parikh still in 25? Uh, 26? In
1: um... Well, they're host. They're hosting next year.
0: Okay. Oh, they're hosting next year, aren't they? Saginaw. I think it's in two years' time. I'm not 100% sure on that one, but we'll keep moving along here. Uh, we got a few, few more prospects coming up that I really like. Tyler Peddle. He moved up my boards as the season went on. I thought he looked really good for Drummondville. Connor Levis. Uh, I believe Connor Levis. Oh, I'm getting all my WHL players mixed up now. Connor Levis was in Kamloops, that's right. Kamloops. I have to stop saying "Cam loops." It's really hard. It just it rolls it off. Rolls the It rolls off the tongue. It's in "Cam loops." People just look at you like "Cam where?" <laughs> I remember when I told my mom, it was like I was driving home from Toronto, and we we went through Caladar and I was I was like, "Mom," she she she, she was picking me up. <coughs> she was picking me up with uh, when I was getting dropped off by some friends, and I was like, "I'm in I'm in Kandahar," and she's like, "You're in where?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm in Kandahar. Come get me," and she's like. What? That was. That was. Yeah, I've. I. I have a. I have a propensity to uh, mispronounce city <laughs> names and town names. So, that's one of them. Uh, Matthew at uh, 86. I really like him. He's. He's a good physical player. I can see him being in a bottom six. I think my dog wants to come inside. Hey, muffler. You ready to come in? All right, come on in, bud. One of my nice neighbors took him out for a walk while I recorded. So
1: gotta love the neighbors all right this podcast is sponsored by our neighbors <laughs> yeah exactly oh you... taking dogs for a walk <laughs> and
0: Muffler's a good boy he needs walks so all right uh, after cat Aford, uh here's a player that a lot of people have ranked higher uh, Coulson Petre petrae i don't i don't know how people pronounce his name i i go with the uh i go with the pronunciation that uh, jalen Petre has from the uh houston texans so we're going to go Coulson Petre yeah. because that, that seems right to me. Uh, yeah. He's a solid player. Uh, I can see bottom six potential at best after that. We're still in the dart throw section of my, uh, my, my draft board. Uh, we got another Kings and Fronac here at 80. Oh no, I skipped one. No, no 84. We have Kings and Fronac Ethan Mietema. He could make me look foolish. I don't think he will, but he could, he's a big, big, big kid. He's got a hard shot. His skating isn't as bad as I've. It's a little bit better than I've alluded earlier, but he's. He's he's a mid round prospect. I had
1: a four goal game on his birthday against the Oshawa Generals this year. I'm not. Year.
0: I'm not sure what Oshawa's was doing in the final two games of the year because Kingston <laughs> scored like 16 goals against them in those two <laughs> games, and that was a different Kingston team. I think. I think maybe. I don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what Oshawa was doing, but that was that was funny. Miemma. People people had to take notice of him, you know. Well I after think, those games. So.
1: Well, I think people had to take notice of him when he was the main piece of the return in the Shane Wright tail. <laughs> well, uh, I'd argue he wasn't
0: because there's a player that was also in that return that I have ranked at sixty five. So Stay tuned. We'll get there. Uh, uh, after him we have another draft plus one player in Coach Adelic. I love him. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people that will rank him in the top 100, I think, just because he's all over the place. Love this kid's game. He's just a firecracker on the ice. He. There was a lot of games where like Quentin Musty, you, you wanted to see so much more. And um, when it wasn't Musty surprising me, it was Matthew Mania or it was Coach Delic. Another little player under the radar. Um, he's six foot seven, like two hundred pounds. He's nineteen years old. He's not signed by anyone yet, but the skating is really interesting. Djibril Touré of the uh, Sudbury Wolves, a player to keep an eye on. If he gets drafted, which he, I don't, he's not getting drafted. He's getting signed to an entry level contract by someone if he does go to the NHL. But when you're six foot seven and you skate the way he does, it's interesting. I'll put it that way. Um, but, yeah, Coach Adelic, I, I think he's got potential to play in the NHL. He's, uh, he's a player I would definitely be targeting in the draft. Yessi Kiskinen, a player I know Stu likes here. Bit of a higher upside, but I I don't necessarily see it myself. He's got a good shot. He's small. Produced in pro, though. Yeah, he did. But he's actually not small, but... Oh, it was the skating for me. Yeah, it was. It was the shooting I loved. It's the skating I didn't like. That's uh, well, we're still in the dart throws, so make your dart throws here, uh, Martin yeah, Mizek.
1: If, if you make a, if you can make a dart throw on a guy who doesn't know skating, teach him skating. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes it works out.
0: With Finnish prospects, it's it's tough too. Their development's a little different. Look at Euso Parsonen, mm. seventh round pick. That's. I, someone tried to trade me in fantasy. They offered me Parsonin, like Jake Wallman, Isaiah George, a second-round pick, and they wanted ninth overall plus a few other assets. Like a few other assets, and I was like, I don't think you so is that good. But I applaud your boldness on the trade offer. So if you're listening to this one, good. It was, it was a good offer. It made me think because I really do like the Jake Wallman contract, but that's uh that's another contract for another episode. Another contract. Another topic for another episode. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm all over the place today. Uh, Martin Mizziak at 81. I thought he showed some flashes of brilliance in transition with Will Whitelaw. He just kind of blends in a lot, though. So, he'll need some time to develop. Noah Dower Nielsen. Some people really like him. Some people don't. Yeah, we'll see. Carson Bjorneson. Carson Bjorneson. I who, Ice s- where does Craig Button have Carson Bjornison?
1: I think he's button's like I need to know. Second rank goalie, third rank goalie.
0: No, he's he's gotta be his first. He had him in like the twenties. Does he still? I think he does. Uh, and this that- is why Craig <laughs> Button will always be Craig Button. Yep. Here we go, here we go. Craig Button at twenty four. So he's 109 for elite prospects. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm more of the elite prospects line of thinking. Just because he had some some name value and he was a big you know big name prospect, doesn't necessarily mean anything. And there was just so many nights where all of the goals he let in, you're just scratching your head. If he can fix that, he does have some good games. But too many just what the what in the world kind of goals yeah. that just really leave you so frustrated he is the perfect toronto maple leaf Tw- like toronto maple leaf's twitter would eat this kid alive but oh it would be it would be entertaining just just from the there.
1: from the soap opera view
0: let's let's manifest because <laughs> oh man it would be so much fun i would i would love that uh so moving on to 78 andrei Loshko. uh not too much to say about him I I thought he was kind of the, like, ultimate, like, fourth-line kind of grinder that, you know, you don't really think about him until the playoffs, and then he's just one of those really valuable players because he's just super, super good defensively. And, you know, he does play in the QMJHL, so the point per game is a bit misleading, but he has some offensive skill to go with it. The hockey sense is definitely his best best trait, but... Um, I, I see fourth line potential for him and if you're getting him in the third round or fourth round like that's if you get an NHL player in the third or fourth round that's so much added value to your roster in the real life in fantasy doesn't matter like just getting NHL players with, with mid-round picks is just incredible value and if there's one in this kind of 70 to 80 range in my rankings that I like I don't know why I have Loshko so low I, I I think I'm a little bit there's a few guys here that I have too low. Um Noel Nord, he's a, he's a solid player. I really liked him at the U18s. Lenny Haminaho has uh a weird profile. I don't like the skating. He's he's like Matthew Wood but even worse. Hmm. But he produced in Liga. So Production I, production in pro always intrigues me. <laughs> like, well, it, it intrigues anyone because it should because it, it means you're you, you know you've this, you've been playing against men then you can do it. And yeah, especially like, at a young age, that's that's the best you know one of the best signals for future success. But
1: like I'm I I'm honestly interested to see if more prospects take the Matthews like play in pro route.
0: Yeah, it's it's an intriguing it's an intriguing way to go. I think that's why you're seeing a lot of Canadians go the the NCAA route, mm. just because NCAA is a step above CHL in my opinion.
1: That I think depends on conference and CHL. Well, that's League. why
0: they're mostly going to the Big Ten. Yeah,
1: if you're going to the Big Ten, I think like that's that makes tons of sense.
0: Quinnipiac would would have some some arguments there, and there's some some really good hockey programs that you know. They play really good hockey. I don't know if they necessarily develop players really well, but
1: there's, yeah those arguments It'd be there, interesting too. like like Minnesota has got a huge crop of guys and it's only it's only going to get deeper after
0: this year's draft too like they're adding who are they they're adding a few players from this year's draft from the uh, from the development team if I'm not mistaken
1: um, I think Ryan
0: Leonard or is it Oliver Moore I think maybe it's Oliver Moore. I might be wrong on this, so we'll we'll get there eventually. But yeah, like uh, I'm I'm definitely a I'm starting to like the NCAA route more than the CHL route. Call me crazy, but vouching for America over Canada. Oh, what have we come to in, in hockey? Anyways, uh, Luca Pinelli at 75. I know some scouts that I really respect that have him in their top 32. I I don't agree with them, but I can understand it. Uh, He's really smart. He plays insanely hard. Yeah, I don't know. He's just, like, the
1: skating's not great.
0: He doesn't really do anything.
1: He feels like a useful, like, bottom six player, but I don't know that he's ever going to be anything more than that. Yeah, and I... And And it's tough. It'll be tough for him at his size. So the size, like 5'9",
0: 160, he can, he can get up to 175. That's fine. Like he's, you know, but he's not a great passer. Hmm. He has he has good hockey sense. The passing, like he's a little bit too perimeter oriented for me. He doesn't get to the slot. I wish he was more inside driven. There's issues with his game. I I, I don't fault anyone for taking him in the third round. The second would be too rich for my blood, but Yeah. See what you got to do uh cam allen at 74 wow he was going like top 10 in mock drafts as early as you know september of 2022 so this is a a big fall for uh cam allen but it it started early it started pretty early for me in the ohl season
1: yeah well i feel like he didn't he had he had like a pretty solid looking year Not this past year, but the year before. Yeah. That sort of got everybody, like got him on everybody's radar and like, and then he just kind of stagnated. Yeah. that would really, didn't really jump with the rest of the RAF class.
0: Too many errors in his own end. He just makes a lot of really puzzling plays. Decision making needs to improve. He has a baseline of skills that is, you know, translates to the NHL, but you just don't see them enough. It's, there's way too much inconsistency with his game. Uh, You really saw it at the U18s this year. That whole Canadian defense just looked horrible at the the U18s. You don't allow seven and eight goals to Sweden in back-to-back games without without having horrible, horrible defense. Because Sweden wasn't... Like, this was a Swedish team that didn't even have Leo Carlson. Mm. (laughs) And, I mean, I I, I really like Felix Nilsson. I really like David Edstrom. But the D-Core was really what helped Sweden destroy Canada because their defense can actually defend. Alright, moving on, uh, Theo Lindstein, one of the Swedish defensemen who I didn't love at the U18s, but he's a really physical player. I think he's going to be good. He's a good bottom-pairing defenseman down the road. Uh, Jacob Fowler, I'm, I'm too low on him. He should be going higher in my rankings. Uh, I've looked into him a bit more in the last few days, and uh, well, it's okay. We all have regrets, and uh, this will be one of mine probably in a few years, but Jacob Fowler going to Boston College. He's going to be a good goalie there. And uh, yeah, so I have him at 72. Tuomas Jaronin of Finland at 71. Solid defender. He's got some offensive skill. Could prove me wrong. Beckett Hendrickson, another U.S. uh, national development player. He's, um, how do I feel about Beckett? The skating is bad. Like it's bad. He's big though. He's got some size. He's he's you know he's a pretty good passer, kind of in the Matthew Wood role. Like he's he's pretty solid, but skating is not good. So could prove me wrong down the line though. That U.S. National Development Team program, like if you're not playing in the top six, you kind of get buried. Mm. And uh, well, let's see here. You've got Cole Iserman, Oliver Moore, Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, Gabe Perot. You're gonna get buried yep. when, when those guys are on that team. So. Yeah. Um, Joseph Willis, he's awesome. He's so much fun. He's a workhorse on the ice. I think he'll be a bottom six player. You can—he's kind of like a glue guy. I think you can put him on a second line for a few days just to fill in. You know, fill in for an injured player, and you'll say, okay, he doesn't look out of place. But if you had to stick him on a second line for a playoff series, you'll probably lose. So, um, sixty-eight. Carter Southern. I really like his game. Just all-around solid defender, can really play in transition. He's not going to lead a power play, but he's a solid second-pairing defenseman down the road. And we're at 68. I love this draft. Uh, right Pekarczyk surprised me at the U18s. I think he's got potential. He could be a winger. Some people call him a center. I think he's a winger down the road. I have him listed as a center, but I think he's better on the wing. Uh, Alex Chernik, he could really prove me wrong. Another really good player. Gavin McCarthy, he was the better piece, in my opinion, of the Shane Wright trade to Windsor. He decided not to come over from the USHL, and he will be going to uh, the NCAA next year. I think he's he's a solid player. Kingston would have been lucky to get him. I'm not sure why they traded for him. It was one of uh, those, it, like, it, trade for good players, but yeah, if he's never coming, I think it's, then what's the point?
1: It's sort, of, it's sort of one of those, you trade for a good player, you hope you can convince him, and... Obviously, they could not. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh,
1: Hoyt Stanley. I really
0: like Hoyt Stanley. This kid is, oh, he's so much fun. He was in the BCHL last year, uh, Victoria Grizzlies. He's a lot of fun in transition. He's physical. The puck handling has, you know, I, I see some flashes of really nice puck handling ability. He's just not a smart player, and he. He's not gonna score like ever. He's gonna be one of those like, oh, there was a defender who went like, like a hundred games without scoring, and it was just comical, and I forget who it was now. But um, he's gonna be one of those kind of players in the NHL. But yeah, I think there's some. I think there's some potential for him to 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 be a bit of a. You know. How would I say this? He's a killer. Like he'll 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 take your head off. And he's he's big, too. But.
1: Smart kid. Going to Cornell.
0: Yeah, oh, he's, he's a smart kid, but I, I don't necessarily see it on the ice as much. Like, his actual hockey sense is not as refined. He makes a f- quite a few mistakes, but, well, that's why he's in the 60s. But I the, the actual athletic profile to build on, if he was a better skater, he would be going a lot higher. Uh, Carson Rakoff. Here's a player that I liked a lot in Kitchener. He was pushed down the lineup a bit just because of the amount of talent they had in Kitchener, but he's a really like he's very inside driven, loves to get to the net. Uh, he's got a good shot, really heavy shot, good release. He's got some potential to you know bottom six power forward type player. Andrew Gibson, another really good defenseman in the OHL. I thought he was he was a bit of a riser, uh, you know, over guys that you you would hear a lot like Cam Allen, Oliver Bonk. Matthewmania. I find Gibson's one of the lesser talked about, but I think he's, I think he has potential to probably be one of the better of all of those. Um, Danny Nelson, he's just like sandpaper, great player. I think he's going to be great on the third line. Aaron Minettian I had him spelled as Aaron Maintain in my first version of the rankings because my spell check is awful. <laughs> so yeah, the font looks a little different for that one. But uh, Aaron Minettian I really liked him. He's going to be a good player. Oliver Bonk, he's the son of Radic Bonk. That he is. He shows some skills in transition that make you, you know, it's uh, he's he's interesting. He's definitely not the skater that Matthew Mania is. He's not the offensive player, but the NHL bloodlines, you know, that's that's worth like twenty spots for me at least. <laughs> Nepotism is always a is always worth at least twenty spots. <laughs> All right. We're getting close to my top 25. Tried to speed it up a bit here. Char- Charlie Strommel of the Wisconsin Badgers. Big kid. Um, I-, I actually think I'm a little bit too high on him here, but he played in the NCAA as a 17-year-old, so he's just a big, big kid. I don't know what else he has, though. There's not a lot to his game that I love, but I'll trust the production at a young age. Idar Suniev. Oh, he's he's got some potential. He's big. He's 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 a big, big, big kid. He will knock anything in his way. He's got a really good shot. Looked amazing with Bradley Nadeau. I think Bradley Nadeau carried him a bit. His skating is not great, and it it showed at the BCHL BCHL level. So I'm I'm worried what it will look like at higher levels. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. If if you're showing that you're not a great skater in junior A. That's uh, scary. <laughs> but the size,
0: the shot, the physicality, that translates to the NHL. But there's, there's some long-term uh, issues to his game. Anton Wahlberg, good Swedish prospect. I wish I could see more of him. I know some people like, really like him. Others just, you know, they just feel neutral about him. Here is my biggest flag plant for this year's draft. Uh, 55, Yegor Sidorov of the Saskatoon Blades. He was a draft plus one player. He's the highest rated one in my draft board. Oh, wow. He's got puck handling skills for days and his shot is wicked. He takes way too long to make decisions though. Like just shoot the damn puck. Mm. Like if he shot the puck more and faster, not, not harder, but if he just got rid of it quicker and it's not that he doesn't have a good release, he just takes too long to make decisions. Mm. And it's like, what are you waiting for? If he gets past that, if he just starts executing plays quicker, oh, he's got some really, really untapped potential there.
1: He needs some more people
0: from the crowd yelling, shoot. Exactly. Toronto (laughs) Toronto will give him that. Uh, 54, the safest player in the draft in the 32 to 55 range. Maxime Sturback. He actually, to me, is a good, like Ben Sherrod is an actual good comparison for him. I, I don't want him playing big minutes, but which Ben Schrod does, so it's it's a bit
1: of a caveat, but like stylistically Stylistically similar.
0: they're similar. I don't think he's a good enough skater, but if it improves, he's so physical, he's just he's such a safe player. He looked really good at the uh, at the U eighteens and he played like thirty plus minutes a game every single game. So Coaches trust him. Coaches trust him, and I'm you know I think he's going to be a good player. He did look good in the USHL too, from what I saw. So, actually, let me make sure, because I'm getting I'm getting a few players mixed up here. I'm I'm almost hundred percent sure he was in the the USHL. Oh, there's there's a there's an accent in his name that makes it really hard to find him on here. <laughs> you got that? You got that one that goes like over the the S and then over the the A. Yeah. Yeah, he was in Sioux Falls. He, he kills a million plays with his physicality and he's big like he's already 200 pounds he's six foot two um, that's
1: NHL size
0: his shooting is like meh, there's there's not a lot of there's not a lot of offensive talent there there's really very little offensive talent but I I love him like I just love his game he's he's so safe and if you're getting him in the the late second like if you're getting a penalty killer if you're getting a play killer uh oh, just go for it super safe pick especially if you're a, if you're a contender. Uh, Hunter Brustavich, I love his game. A bit inconsistent, but he could he could be the, the offensive defenseman from this class that really surprises people. So if you're in fantasy and you're looking for a defenseman in the second round, he's the guy. Uh, Matthew Mania, he's a bit more of a transition player. I've said that a few times. His skating is really quite good. He's a little too aggressive in transition. Needs to tone it down a bit, but... The skating is like just it's it's already NHL level, so I don't worry about him from that point uh, from that perspective. But the rest of his game needs some needs some honing in. Uh, Alexander Rykov, another good Russian forward. He's let me go to my notes on Rykov. Uh, not outstanding at anything, but he does have above average skating, so. You know, you can hope to see a little bit of something from him in the future. He's not small; he's he's pro- NHL average now. Although I will say, this year's draft and next year's draft are just completely destroying the size element of the NHL because mm. all the top players are small now yeah. in the draft. It seems like the defensemen in next year's class are not big. You've got another like you've got another Hudson brother that's five eight. Yeah. You've got uh, you've got the USHL defenseman from Russia who's not that big either. It's just it's. The the Finnish defenseman, all like a lot of the forwards. There's just there's so many short kings now. Mm. Debrink, it's no longer gonna be like the comparable for every single <laughs> good short sniper. Or call, Cole Caulfield. Well, Cole Caulfield will be the other one now. Yeah. But in, in like five ten years, we'll have so many more good comparisons. It'll be it'll be way more fun.
1: We can get to my uh, Cole Caulfield comparison uh, gripe later. Oh yeah, that's that's completely fair. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't know how long we've
0: been recording here. Probably forty-five minutes. I might I might separate my top thirty-two into a second podcast because I I want to go a bit more in depth for my top thirty-two. Maybe my top thirty-three because I really like my thirty-third ranked player. But um, right, I I really really like my thirty-third ranked player. I'm 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 a little bit too high on him maybe. But Caden uh, Price at fifty, he's uh, he's one of those like. He's a safer version of Matthew Mania.
1: Hmm.
0: Mania offers way more upside. Trey Augustine at 49. I might be too low here, but... um,
1: Goalies are tough.
0: Yeah, I don't know how to scale goalies. (laughs) The only way I'm putting a goalie in my top 32 is if they're huge and they've shown me they can stop pucks against really elite talent. And that's why I have one in my top 32. And everyone now knows who that is, because there's really only one person it can be. So, we'll move along. Tamir Mukhanov, I really like him. I debated putting him a lot higher, but there's a few things in his game that I don't love. Um, he really lacks physicality, and I, his shot
1: just is not... He
0: doesn't have a good shot.
1: It's... Now your next one, that's an interesting choice, because I've seen him in top 32s pretty much everywhere else.
0: Yeah, um, I had to temper my expectations of him because I had him as a huge riser after the U18. I had to go back and watch some of his league play. He, he's probably he's probably going to go top 32. Uh,
1: Just to let you know, folks, we are talking about Braden Yeager. Wait, we? are we talking about Braden Yeager? That's who I have on my list, 45. <laughs> wait, I'm at 47. You're at 47.
0: Yeah, we just talked about Timur Murkinov at 48. I, I got the numbers wrong. Sorry, folks. Ah. So uh, after Timur Murkinov at 48, <laughs> we have David Edstrom at 47. There we go. Uh, Edstrom, yeah, I was gonna say I really liked his U18. <laughs> I uh, I didn't love his league play as much, but he's an analytics darling. Um, so if you know if you want to take someone that the analytics likes, he he's like a bit of a he's a little bit slightly less smart, slightly less skilled. Callum Ritchie, that's how I would go. Um, Tanner Molendik okay the skating is fantastic he's going to make the NHL because he's he's pretty much Philip Roberg on skates Mm. he's not as skilled as Philip Roberg and his puck skills really worry me Uh, he shows a few flashes occasionally but like he's just not a fast decision maker with the puck and he's just he scares me with the puck so I love the skating but I don't love a lot of other things about his game
1: now we can get to Braden Jaeger. <laughs> yeah, Braden
0: Jaeger at 45. I'm really low on Braden Jaeger. He just disappeared in so many games this season. I, I just didn't... I didn't see that top 32, top 20 player that a lot of people see. On some of his goals, you're like, oh, okay, there it is. But, like, it's... Those goals that he scores become harder and harder to score the, the higher and higher you get up into the, you know, into the hockey ecosystem. And I just, I worry about Braden Yeager just blending in for too many games and coaches just getting, like, sick of the tantalizing potential but him not doing enough else to help the team win. Because he's he's not going to get onto a top six if he can't score.
1: He's And sane. if you, if
0: he's in a bottom six, I'm like, what does he do to bring value to a bottom six other than you kind of have to worry about him in transition, but... I don't know. I'm just, the rest of his game is lacking for me.
1: He sounds like he will frustrate coaches.
0: (laughs) He will. But he could be that player that frustrates coaches until he gets to the right spot. And then he turns 26, 27. And you're like, we have a 40 goal scorer on a $3 million deal. And the rest of the league is going to trade two first round picks for him if they get a chance. Because
1: his value is insane. William Nylander-ish? No. No? No. Like no, I'm, no. I'm just, I'm just saying that from a, every people think he disappears and then suddenly shows up and scores.
0: Nylander is a better, better prospect than Braden Jaeger ever was.
1: I said ish. Uh, okay, my, ish. That, maybe, was my, that was my, that was my quality. Maybe ish, but
0: um, <laughs> no, I, they're, they're a different game. Uh, moving on. Casper Halton at 44. There's there's a few players in this tier that really could make me look stupid. This is kind of my like high upside, but. Frustrating and have some issues here. I would say that tier starts at 40 and it ends at 46 in my rankings. So at 46, I had Melendic. 45, I have Jaeger. At 44, I have Casper Haltonen. Casper Haltonen is a hammer. He has an insane shot. The skating is, I don't think his skating is that bad. Like he looked pretty good at the U18s. He didn't look out of place. Similar to Matthew Wood, they both didn't look out of place with their age group. It's when you play them against higher level competition. I worry when like how that, how does their skating translate to the pros? But I think Halton can play in the bottom six. Same with Matthew Wood. I just don't think Halton has quite the vision or the passing that Matthew Wood has. So I question his long, long-term upside, but he's like, he can score 20 goals in a, on a third line. So that, that brings a lot of value. He can also, he he would bring a lot of valuable to like a lot of valuable, he would bring a lot of value to NH- any NHL power play. I need to slow down. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get the top thirty-two done today here. Oh boy. Um, the next player in this tier, Felix Nilsson. He doesn't necessarily have the high-end traits that other guys in this tier have, but he's just really, really good all around, and I love his puck handling. Uh, he he's going to be a good player. I I might have him too low. 42, Will Whitelaw. Oh, what to do about Will Whitelaw? In terms of tools and skill and athletic ability, he's a top 20 player in his class. He might even be like a top 15. But from all accounts, he's just an issue Mm. personality-wise. He got left off of some American teams and uh, if you've seen Will Whitelaw play, he should not be left off of any American teams. But he was. So that makes me question, you know, question why. And uh, yeah, apparently he's a little bit of an uh, inflated personality. Maybe similar to like a Joshua Hosang. Hmm. So we all know how Joshua Hosang has turned out.
1: He's he in the cage, I'll know.
0: There's, there's risk with Will Whitelaw. But if you if you want to, you know, bet on upside in the second round go for it. If you're taking them in the first round, you have some cajones because I wouldn't do it in the first round.
1: Yeah, you are very, very secure in your organization and you think that you can...
0: Or you have four first round picks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the only other way. And I like I just
0: wouldn't do it in the first round. I think there's other players that offer similar upside while also just not having the issues and they have good enough floors that I would just... You know, take the high floor. Um, moving on from Will Whitelaw, we've got Daniel Boot,
1: Daniel Butt, however you want to say it. I see his name going up and up in the last couple of days, but yeah,
0: big guy. He's got a wicked shot. I might be wrong on him, but I just, I don't, I don't see enough in his game. I don't see, a, I don't see a smart enough, a good enough passer to get into the top six. But who knows? I could be, I could be very wrong. I could be wrong about everything I say. I, I think I'm going to try to make a point of saying that in every episode. <laughs> I could be wrong about everything here. Um, this is my first time ever scouting an entire draft class. Like I said, I think I spent like $600, 700 so I could, you know, get the CHL access pass, the USHL, the BCHL. You know, I torrented so many, you know, European streams. It's It was a long, long few months of scouting, but happy to get here. Uh, Lucas Dragachevic at 40. If he can improve the skating, if he can improve just his overall defensive awareness, uh, I think he needs to go back to forward. And I've heard some people say, could he be a forward again? I don't know why he can't be a forward. I struggle to comprehend why. His skating isn't any worse than like Ethan Miedema's. Mm-hmm. So... Why can't he play forward? Why can't he play on the wing? He's got so much offensive talent. He gets pucks to the net so well. He's so smart. But defensively, you can't rely on him. You can't rely on him defensively when he's on the power play. Hmm. And that's like, what? Like when, you, when you're worried about allowing goals when you're on the power play, that's a concern. The potential here is insane, though. He's got so much skill. Like, a skill for days. But, uh, like, I I can really see a world where he just doesn't make the NHL. Unless he
1: gets moved forward.
0: I, I'm just, I struggle to see him as an NHL defenseman. It's going to take so much work. It's going to take a while. It's going to take three to four years, I think. If not longer. And he's going to need a lot of time in the AHL. mm which could be really good for him. He could come out and he could be like a late bloomer that Brent, Brent Burns took. He could be a Brent. While. I genuinely think like he's not he's not Brent Burns athletically though. Yeah. That's the issue I have is like he doesn't have the athletic profile to be Brent Burns, but yeah. he has the skill. Yeah. So, you know, he could be 28 and he could finally turn into that 60-point player you've always been hoping for. It's just you're probably not going to have him on your roster for 8 years waiting for it. Yeah. They'll probably give up on him before <laughs> then.
1: Yeah, so. you, you need to take the long approach.
0: And its I don't think many teams will have that patience.
1: Yeah. Or so. that flexibility. Not like in the top most, 40. Mo- well, mo- Most general managers aren't going to last that long.
0: <laughs> no team will want to take that risk in the top 32. I, I sure as hell wouldn't. But I see him constantly mocked in the top 32. So you never know. Uh, number 39, Denver Barkey. I love Denver Barkey. If he was just two inches taller, he would be a first-round player. He keeps proving people wrong. He's going to do it at the NHL. Uh, here's the thing. He's small right now. He's, I mean, he's small right now. He's probably going to be small in the NHL. He's not going to grow much, but that was that was a dumb thing to say. We can We can just highlight that now and say that was dumb, but... His game, he's such a good playmaker. He works so hard. Him and his teammate Easton Cowan, who I haven't yet mentioned, because I have Easton ahead of him. So hold on to your socks, because yeah, I have Easton Cowan ranked really high. But Denver Barkey, I love his game. He's such a good playmaker. He's got a de- he's got a deceptively good shot. He's and he's so inside driven. Like he doesn't. I'm not concerned about. Oh, he's a perimeter oriented player. No, he's not perimeter oriented at all. He wants to get to the net. He loves to get to the net. He loves to piss off defenders in front of the net. He's like Brendan Gallagher. I, I would say Brendan Gallagher would be a great comparison for him. It's like just such a skilled winning player. I, I can't wait to see where he goes in the NHL. Luca Cagnoni at 38. Took a weird development path, but he's going to be a good NHL player. He's so deceptive. He's so... So creative with his passing, he finds he finds open skate like passing lanes that you don't you can't see as a viewer because you don't have the angles necessarily. But his his vision is just incredible. Uh, number thirty seven, Mikhail Gulayev. Not sure uh, if he's better than Kenyoni, but I like the skating a bit more. I'm not sure about the passing and the vision, but his skating is really 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 exceptional. Um, thirty six, Callan Lind. I'm not sure about the upside. Hmm. I'm betting on upside with this ranking. The analytics say he's a really good passer. Analytics also say he can score five on five. So, between that, his physicality, his surprisingly good passing, and his above average shot, that's, you know, I can yeah, see a top, top six.
1: That's a top 40
0: player. Yeah, it's a top 40 player, but it's also a player with top six potential. The floor is just, it's it's like top, you know, the, the floor is just super... Super high for him. Mm-hmm. Thirty-five Otto Stenberg. Want to see more of him, but everything I see, I love. Riley Hyatt at thirty-four. You know what? I I, I wish I could knock him down in my rankings, but it's too late. So um, he's too too much of a power play driven player. Um, he makes some really nice passes. He connects a lot of plays. The rest of his game is really lacking. I don't. When I
1: read. When I read his profile, like, the first or second time I was looking at draft rankings, I was like, oh my goodness, he's going to be a Toronto Maple Leaf because hmm. he sounds like a Kyle Dubas pick. He's now, he's, Kyle... now he's going to be a Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> exactly.
0: No, and I, I, that's the one nice thing is I, I do, I think Kyle Dubas was more creative, but I, I think the, I think True Living will be a better drafter. That's my issue with Dubas. I didn't. I didn't think Dubas' draft classes were like. What does he have to show for the last four or five years? Uh, the prospect a, pool is kind of
1: dead. He got a first round pick for Rasmus Sandin, and he moved out. <laughs> um, yeah, but
0: Rasmus Sandin
1: bloomed the second he went to Washington. Ah. Uh, statistically. Statistically, he was still bad defensively.
0: Yeah. Well, at least he started scoring. That's True. what you wanted of Sandin. You didn't draft him for his defense.
1: No. But I don't know. He was he was too he was too much of a like. I I think he was too similar to Morgan Riley to ever really succeed in Toronto. That's fair. Um, Which why recruiting a first round pick was solid, Um, especially when they managed to use that first. Well, we'll see how they use that that first round pick.
0: (laughs) I hope Toronto swings for the fences.
1: It might it might end up just being they trade they use that pick they trade down if they get rid of matt murray
0: i i actually hope toronto trades up and gets Nate danielson that would be a great move for any team that's trying to contend and needs and wants and need somebody center. to
1: produce for them
0: at, well, to me like why aren't nhl teams trying to find immediate impact players from the draft not not to say that like there's lots of them because generally the only immediate impact guys go
1: First five. overall,
0: <laughs> yeah if even top five it's like you're not guaranteed to make it within the first you know year or two it even took luke hughes two years yeah so if it takes luke hughes two years then it's going to take most two years
1: i like um, it like jack jack I, jack they he looked like he could have used more time in his first year in the nhl
0: oh jack hughes was tiny coming into the nhl like, he's still tiny did you see the picture of jack hughes beside cole caulfield yeah, there, there's no way Jack Hughes is five foot eleven because yeah. then Cole Caulfield is five foot eleven. Yeah, or at least you know five foot ten. So there's there's hey. some there's some. Hey, there's no way going on in New th- Jersey. I don't
1: think there's any way in heck that uh, Martinez St. Louis is 5'8". eight. <laughs> he yeah. was listed at that part of his career. There's there's some <laughs> inflated heights uh, height listings, but
0: yeah, I think the the NHL is gonna get an influx of, of short guys in this next two years. All right, 33 overall. My favorite player from this year's class, Easton Cowan. Um, Why do I have Easton Cowan ranked 33rd when everyone else has him in the 60s or the 50s at the highest? I think he's exceptionally smart. He is exceptionally... he's He's one of the hardest working players in this year's draft. He's always scanning. He's always looking for open teammates. Defensively, he's really responsible. His defensive... Analytics don't bear that out, but I think he also played on a line with two really responsible players in Winterton and Denver Barkey that helped pick up the slack. So their numbers are, you know, a little bit better defensively than you would have seen out of Easton Cowan. But Cowan layers his passes so well. He he hits players in stride. He hits players tape to tape, whether it's forehand, whether it's backhand. It opens up his ability to to pass the puck when players don't necessarily expect a pass because a lot of times, you know, you need to get it right on the tape to get the pass to, to be accurate. He doesn't have to do that. He can he can fire passes from just about any platform, any position, and they just get to their man. And he was so, so good in the playoffs. He only played one year in the OHL too. So the other thing I like about Easton Cowan, he's a one-year OHL player. So he's not big. He's about 5'10", 175, but... He's, I I can see an obvious third line NHL player, similar to like a, um, Callan Lind. There was another player that I liked way down the draft, Joseph Willis. If, If there's injuries, you move him up the lineup and he doesn't skip a beat. I think Easton Cowan breaks into the top six of an NHL lineup by the time he's 24. He's going to be a bit of a late bloomer because he relies on his hockey sense but I think his skating will improve enough where he will eventually be a bit of a plus skater and combine that with his his plus passing and his plus hockey sense, he's going to be a great player. So if uh, if you're, you know, if you want a super, super smart player, super easy to project player, I love Easton Cowan. Some will disagree with me. A lot will disagree with how high high I have him. I'm betting on the smarts with Easton Cowan. All right. We are in my top thirty-two now. Into the top thirty-two. All right. What do you think of my thirty-second prospect, Stuart? Do um, you think I'm? Do you
1: think I'm too high, too low? I don't know. Maybe a little low, but I I do like he was early on in this draft. Like he was consistently a top. Like top ten at minimum. um We're talking and, about
0: uh, Edward Shala here, by the way. Um. Yeah, Craig Button. Yeah. Oh goodness. Craig, Craig, Craig. Didn't he have him at four? I thought he had him at, had
1: him at two. Three. He had him in the top five. Which he definitely I had him was...
0: top five, and that's what just made people go yeah. bonkers. <laughs> it's a bit cause...
1: ridiculous
0: it was definitely like it was it was a headline grabbing yeah. ranking but but there's so much skill like he's such a yeah. great skater he's he's a wizard with the puck he's a great passer he's got a great shot you're just like how can someone who has all of this hockey skill not be that smart of a hockey player, <laughs> and then he just doesn't. He just refuses to play defense, and he's just terrible. Like he just has no physical element to his game.
1: Yeah, and apparently, yeah, like he, a, there were some there were some reports about him not being a great worker either.
0: And I, you know, part of me wonders: Did he put up insane numbers as a sixteen-year-old and a like you know, early seventeen-year-old, and then just mail it in? Because you, you're starting to see it happen in a lot of pro leagues, like the NFL is notorious for guys being like, "I was amazing as a freshman. I don't need to play well as a sophomore or as a as a junior." Like Derek Stingley Jr. great example.
1: Chase Claypool.
0: Yeah, I I think Derek Stingley Jr. is probably the ultimate example because he was like the freshman All-American, had an like had his his freshman year at LSU was the best I've ever seen, and then two years he was just horrible. Was went third overall, and you're like, what? Like, you took him over Sauce Gardner. Sorry mm. to get into football, but that's, Edward Shala is like my, yeah, that, that would be my comparison for him. So, I don't know if that's a good comparison or not. But, he might be my Chase Claypool. Yeah. <laughs> if we're doing NFL, or if we're doing NHL to NFL com- comparisons, I've, I've had a really, a few really good ones that I mentioned to you. Yeah, you did. Uh, I thought, who is, who are my other ones?
1: Yeah, Danielson is Le'Veon Bell. Did I?
0: Yeah. Was it was Nate Danielson as Le'Veon Bell? That's funny. No, it was Zach Benson. Is leaving on Bell. No, no, it was Zach Benson. Zach Benson's like, oh, yeah. if you're talking about like just insanely patient, not the most athletic, but he's so patient and he sets up, like he sets up plays really well with his patience. That's that's what you know. That's what Le'Veon Bell was. That's what Zach Benson is. We'll get there. But uh, and there was one other one. Oliver Moore was Devin Hester. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I love it. Two amazing comparisons. If you're if you're an NFL fan, you'll you'll probably appreciate that. All right, moving on from Shala, who you know. He could he could he could be a top five player from this class. I do understand why people say that. Although saying anyone outside of the top five could be a top five player is a really hard statement for me to make. Because the top five in this year's class is almost kind of cemented almost for everyone at this point. That it's you have to you have to really have some tools to get even into the conversation to get Bass Pens in at five. And the top the top three,
1: four, if you include Mischkov. Oh, Mischkov like, and ta- I don't know. Talent, is definitely in terms of talent. He's t- like Michkov Mish,
0: is has more talent than Carlson. Carlson, projectability wise, I like a bit more, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, Tom Willander at thirty-one. He's rising fast. He's not gonna go. He's gonna go way higher than thirty-one. He might go in the top twelve. Uh, I didn't love him at the U eighteens. He kind of dropped for me at the U eighteens, but I, I I have to rewatch that. So I'm I, I couldn't stop watching Oxisland and Pilica, so that's that's might be my fault. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Nick Lardis at thirty, he's a riser for me. He's got a great shot, he's a good skater. Hockey sense is, is above average. He's gonna score like fifty goals for Hamilton next year, and uh, he's gonna provide some amazing value for anyone that scores prospects in fantasy leagues. Also, I think he's got 40-goal potential in the NHL. Nick Lardis, I would be happy if he, uh, if he went to the Habs at 31. Bradley Nadeau goes above Nick Lardis because Bradley Nadeau has a better shot. The rest of his game concerns me. I think Lardis is way easier to project to the NHL. But if Bradley Nadeau hits, he hits big. If Bradley Nadeau misses, you might not get an NHL player. Mm-hmm. But if he hits, he hits really, really big. So... That's the nice thing about Bradley Nadeau. Uh, this kind of tier is all similar. They're all kind of short players that offer something different. Uh, so Nadeau at 29. Then I have Andrew Cristall at 28. This is probably my biggest controversial ranking. I'm lower on Kristall than just about anyone. I worry about not just his skating, but the consistency he's... If you can't play him in the top six, I don't know where you can play him. Mm. And that's yeah. my concern about quite a few players in this draft. Not in this tier, but in this draft. In this tier, there's 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 quite a few players that I would say super easy to project to a bottom nine. I just don't know if I can get them to a top six. Yeah. Um, if Stahl does end up improving the rest of his game, you've got a Braden Point level player. And uh, he's going to be the steal of the draft if he improves his skating. That's about it. Because if he improves his skating, he's one of the best offensive players in the draft. I don't care about his defense. You won't. Not everyone has to be an amazing two-way player. You can can shield him by putting him on a line with, you know, Mitch Marner. You can shield him by putting him on a line with just about any good two-way center. So, uh, moving on. Jaden Perron. Ooh. Jaden Perron... Could be a victim of Macklin Celebrini. I don't know. Mm. It's really hard to tell because I just haven't got to see Perron without him.
1: Yeah.
0: And Celebrini's so damn good. But Perron, he's really smart. I like the skating. His shot is really good. Oh my goodness, I love his wrist shot. He can wire it and for some reason people say he's got a bad shot. Hmm. So I think he's got 35 goal potential. And just because he's proven he can play with elite talent. There's a player who I have way higher in my rankings that is similar to Perron, but just a way better defensive player. And it's just super easy to project into a top six. We'll get there, though. Um, After Perron, we have Ethan Gauthier. He's the safest in this kind of tier of smaller forwards. He's actually really not that small. He's like 5'11", 175. He's he's just...
1: closer to average yeah
0: he's pretty much NHL average but he's super physical I love his two-way game he he elevates the players on his line because he does the dirty things they don't want to do so
1: like a Zach Hyman
0: like a Zach Hyman yeah that would be a very good comparison for Ethan Gauthier after Gauthier Grayson Sauchin I have Sauchin above all of these guys because he's got a little bit of Ethan Gauthier in him but then he's got a little bit of Cristal's skill. He's got a little bit of Nadeau. Uh, he has a little bit of the upside of all of them while also having the safe floor, but he's got a bit more offensive potential than um, than Ethan Gauthier. I, it, it really became a, like, who would you rather after about 15 to 30? And it just, the way I would, like, I would phrase it is, you know, if you're an NHL GM and you're picking at 25 and you have to choose between, like, six players... You just have to say like, who do I want first? Who do I want second? Who do I want third? And then just constantly keep asking yourself like, would you rather have this player or would you rather have this player? And uh, Grayson Souchan just kept coming on top because I just said I think he's got the highest potential of those six, and uh, that's about it. Cohen Ziemer. oh he's 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 a fun player. He'll fight. He'll hit. He'll shoot. He's a, he's getting a lot better as a passer, and the skating is. It's not it's not NHL average but it'll get there.
1: Yeah, he looks like a guy that some some fan base will fall in love with oh, <laughs> how much yeah. <which> he works.
0: <laughs> he's going to be the kind of player that causes a lot of controversy I think in his NHL career just because he's he's so so physical and he's so scrappy. But it's like teams love those players like if if he yeah, was yeah he's
1: he's the type of guy you you love on your team but you're gonna hate <laughs> watching your team play against him exactly like if he
0: was a better skater the comparison would be Josh Anderson mm. the skating is the only thing that kind of holds him back uh, Gabe Perot, I might be too low on Gabe Perot, but I think he's he's really smart he doesn't have a great shot he's he's a good passer but he's not a great passer um, he's just probably one of the smartest players in this year's draft. Super safe. He's gonna play, you know, at worst third line, but I can I can see him being on a first line just because he's he's so smart. Bo Aiky uh, kills every play he gets a chance you know, like he can get his hands on he'll kill it. He's so good defensively, skating. I said this to Stu earlier. Uh, when you see the the World Junior Tournament and they do the right before they come back from commercial break when they do the drill segment, he's gonna be doing one of the skating drills guaranteed. He's such a good skater. I love everything about his his game. Oscar Fisker-Molgaard at 20. He's... Um, him and Cal Ritchie are really hard to to differentiate between, but I just think Fisker-Molgaard is a slightly better skater. Other than that, they're really similar really similar play styles. All right. We have my first goalie, or my highest-rated goalie. Highest-rated. Yeah. Michael Hrayball. He's huge, and he... Looked incredible against the United States in the U18. After that, um, he was okay in the USHL, put up some good numbers, but I, I, he needs development and he needs time. Hmm. He'll get that. He's just like it's it's a you know putting him at nineteen is a really big risk for me. I'll do it though because I think he's I think he's gonna pan out. I've seen Ben Bishop as a comparison. If you're getting Ben Bishop at nineteen, that's a steal. Uh, Matthew Wood. Have you seen much of Matthew Wood Stewart? Not a ton,
1: I'll be honest. Yeah. Not a ton. He's... He's a Connecticut?
0: He's a Connecticut. Yeah, he was a point-per-game player at Connecticut as a 17-year-old. The skating is the biggest drawback. Everything else is well above NHL average already. Like, to me... Oh. He's that one player that... Like you say this about so many players, but if they just improve their skating, they could be so good. He's mm. like the perfect comparison, or the perfect—you know—he's the perfect player for that for that uh, role. Because if he if he does improve his skating, he's going to be so so good. There's a reason he was on the first line at the U18s with Celebrini. All right, Samuel Hanzek. I've moved him up slowly over the months. The more you watch other players, the more you see their limitations. The more you see that, you know Samuel Hanzek. His one limitation is he doesn't handle the puck well with pace. But you can see that when he's a little bit more static, he can puck handle like he, he can move it in a phone booth. Mm. He can he can dangle between two and three players. He has the puck skills already. He just has to speed them up. If he speeds up his puck skills, he will be a top eight player in this class because he's so good in like he's so good defensively in the neutral zone. He just disrupts so many plays. His reach, he knows how to use his reach. He's amazing on the boards. He does not lose puck battles. Um, yeah, he's, he's a golden retriever. The, that would be my comparison for Samuel Honzek. He just, he hunts down pucks and he, yeah, he more often than not gets them. And he also has a wicked shot. Like, can wire it. He's, he's big. He can, and he can skate. Oh, I'm I'm gonna post some really good clips on Twitter later of Samuel Honzak. He's a he's a I might I might take him a little bit higher than 17. Colby Barlow at 16, great shot, great competitor. Um, like he might be the, you know, the safest player in the top fifteen. He's gonna score 30 goals at some point in his NHL career. Might not be a great defensive player, but his effort, you know, you'll never be yelling at yelling at him for lack of effort. Quentin Musty, 15. I, I hemmed and hot on this one, but he's got the highest potential of these four big forwards. He can skate, he can pass, he can puck handle, he can shoot. The defense makes you... makes you, you know, A little worried. Makes you a little worried, but I think, I think he's... The fact he actually brought it up in interviews and said, no, I know I need to improve my defense, means he's paying attention to what people are saying about him. Yeah. And you know, as long as you're self-aware and you know what you're not good at and you're willing to improve it, I have high hopes for Quentin Musty. He also did not have a lot of talent with him at Sudbury. Something that not mm. a lot of people talk about.
1: Yeah, Sudbury was kind of
0: like Coach Adelic, I really like. And there was nights where I thought, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not seeing much out of Musty, and that's why I really noticed Quent or I really noticed Coach Adelic. When Coach Adelic is your one of your other good forwards, yeah, that's not not boding well no. uh, for your production. After that, we go to Axel Sandin Pelica. I love his skating. I love his passing. He's deceptive. He could be more deceptive. Like I wish he had a bit more of like a Luca Cagnoni to his offensive game. But um, that's a really good thing for Luca Cagnoni. If I'm saying that, I wish Axel Sandin Pelica was a bit more like him. That tells you too how close the rankings really should be for NHL teams because it's just so hard to differentiate between these guys. Yeah, Pelika, I think he can be a he can be a quarter, he can be a quarterback of a power play. Can he be a number 1 defenseman? I have my doubts. He's more of a two. I I would compare him to like an Oliver Ekman Larson. He's so a, smaller, smaller. So that's
1: interesting. Smaller though, cuz I've seen uh I've seen Sandy... <laughs> Pelka uh, mocked to Vancouver. Yeah, I know. Numerous. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not I'm not denying the uh, the irony there. Replace OEL with OEL Light. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> light
0: would be I, I think he's gonna be better than Oliver Ekman Larson. Because Ekman Larson was one of those players that name value always surpassed mm. NHL value. Uh Dvorsky at thirteen. His U eighteens might be why I'm ranking him so high. I could be wrong here, but um, big player has a great shot his hockey sense is amazing he's going to be at worst a damn good bottom six player i think he's got top line potential
1: yeah i, 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 I when I, I i haven't watched a ton of him uh, but the times i have watched him i'm like that guy could be a real good number 2 c for a lot of teams yeah um a two like c- i saw i saw one one mock draft um, had him going to Washington. Um, I was like, and, and they were like, Washington needed to see.
0: Washington needs a lot more <laughs> than just a second center.
1: Yes, that is
0: true. Washington <laughs> needs so much that like, if they get Mitch it would be amazing for them, but it would also be one of those things where it's like, you're kind of pissing away Ovechkin's like twilight.
1: I mean, the. Which I. I in I, I, my I, opinion, the, that franchise only exists to get Alex Ovechkin the goals record now. Um,
0: I also, <laughs> if you're Washington and Mitchkov falls to you and he wants to go to you, there's no it. reason you don't do it because if you can get Matt Vimitchkov or like you're deciding between him or like Ryan Leonard, I love Ryan Leonard, but you take Matt Vimitchkov every time.
1: Well we'll, and we'll yeah, get there. There's but, yeah, we'll get there.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, so at thirteen, Dalibor Dvorsky, Great player, super safe. If you don't want to take a lot of risk, he'd be a player I would go for. Twelve, this player might never be a fantasy darling. He might never be a he might never be a top line player. I think he should be a top line player at some point in his career. This would be Gavin Brinley from the University of Michigan. He looked so good with Recker McRory and Adam Fantilli.
1: And Fantilli has gushed about him. Oh, I know. So, <laughs> and it's I don't.
0: It's one of those things where like you don't even have to question whether it was just him trying to you know pump up his you know teammates' tires or if it's just you know is it actually genuine? No, 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 no. Brinley was the reason Fantilli. Fantilli won the Hobie Baker, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, Brinley was a big reason for it. It it did help that he also had you know Seamus Casey, Luke Hughes rucker Rucker mcgordy he he had talent around him don't get me wrong but brinley he shined every single night super consistent i love him defensively the two best defensive players in this draft class uh two best defensive forwards benson would be my number one brinley would be my number two it's funny because they're both going to be small wingers yeah so small wingers not generally who you think of as great defensive players but mitch marner these guys are smaller than Marner by a considerable <laughs> yeah, margin. I like think
1: Marner's five ten, five, Actually 11. maybe not then.
0: I thought Marner was like closer to six foot, but might be. Another one of those his height's inflated by yeah. the team. <laughs> All right. We're getting into the uh, we're getting into the high floor with a little bit of high ceiling potential. Nate Danielson at eleven. His use of crossovers to build speed through the neutral zone is magnificent. He's a great skater. I wish I saw a bit more aggressiveness with the puck, but his teammates did not do him any favors. Hmm. Um, I wish he had more talent around him. If he gets traded next year and you get to see him play with, you know, high level talent in the WHL, you might see what he's really capable of. You might just get to see what he's capable of in the NHL next year, though, depending on where he gets drafted. He could be in the NHL next year. I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I'm out of line saying
1: that. I've seen a number of places saying that Pittsburgh should take him because he's the perfect like I said that like a week ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're not the only one. <laughs> yeah, he's he's There's, like the perfect there player are a for a lot Pittsburgh. of people who say he's the perfect Pittsburgh player cuz he is one of the most NHL ready players of this class yeah. and can come in and he will he will like he will shadow a player like Connor Bedard and it
0: will it will hamper his offensive potential in games but he will shadow your number one center, like your opponent's number one center, and he'll do a good job of it. He's a good enough skater. He's smart. He's very aware. And, you know, I I believe he's an assistant captain, and he's been an assistant captain for two years. Like, the kid's clearly been relied upon heavily in Brandon. I wish he got more playing time some nights, though. That was my biggest gripe. Um, But, yeah, I love Nate Danielson. Uh, I think NHL scouts are probably going to have him in that 10 to 15 range. A lot of scouts that I know have him in the twenty to thirty range just because they question his aggressiveness offensively and his upside. I don't question his upside. I think he's at worst, like at worst of like a top five third line center. And at best he can be a you know. I think if he's playing top line minutes, he's probably a winger. Mm. That's the only thing. But I think he can be like one of the best second line centers in the NHL. Will Smith at Into ten. Into the top ten. Oh yeah, I ruined that. There. Come Thank on. you, Stuart. Into the top ten. Yeah, we gotta. to make... hype that up. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not really the hype guy. I need. I need a hype guy for the podcast. Might have to. Might have to get your brother in here. He, he does that really <laughs> There's well. There's a hype guy. Yeah. Will Smith uh, at top ten. Yeah. This. Uh, this might be a slap in the face. I was gonna say. I heard this kid slaps. <laughs> oh, God. So many jokes to be made. Oh no. Um, I like Will Smith. I just don't love Will Smith. I, I had a hard time ranking him above Nate Danielson. But I had to go back and watch him not just in the U18s. I had to go back and watch him with the U.S. national development team. He looks really good with elite talent. I just I want to see him with less elite talent to see if it's, if it's him or if it's the
1: elite talent. Yeah. I never I can't tell. That's that's always the thing with the, the U.S. National Development players is, like, you've got this collection of the best American prospects all playing on the same team, and, exactly. like, unless you've got Austin Matthews or, like, I don't know, like, Jack Hughes or, um, I'm trying to think of some of the other guys that have just, like, clearly produced be- beyond everybody else. Yeah. Jack Eichel. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, in terms of U.S. National Development Team program production, Perot and Smith are both, I think they set the record.
1: Yeah, Perot is, is past Matthews.
0: Matthews didn't play as many games. But yeah, think.
1: he was only like one shortened season.
0: Yeah, my, my only issue with Smith is he's not an elite skater. And once you get into the top 10 of this draft, you almost have to be an elite skater to be in this top 10 because everyone in the top 10 is either well above average or elite. Really? Well, except for Leo Carlson.
1: I've seen a lot of criticism of Matt Van Mishkov skating, but nobody cares because he can score I mean, like, Zach Benson's else. also
0: considered to be an average skater, and I don't agree with them because there's more to skating than skate fast.
1: Fair enough. And that's that's one of the things yeah. I'm... Yeah, well, Kas- Kapanen is very skate fast. But... I've had
0: to change my opinion of, of how I rank players' scouting ability, or their skating, skating ability, because... It's like the playoffs in the NHL this year was a good example. Like not the best skaters don't always, you know, they're not always the best players.
1: To, to jump a little bit back to a football comparison, just because a guy's got a great 40 yard dash does not mean he plays fast.
0: Exactly. And that's not something with Will Smith. He definitely plays a lot faster than he skates. And that's why I don't have a problem putting him in the top 10. Mm. If he was Nate Danielson level skater, he'd probably be up to six or seven. So at nine, we're going to go back to the United States and we'll pick Ryan Leonard. We're not going to pick him, but that's where <laughs> I have him. I, I had a hard time having Leonard below more just because the floor with Leonard is like, I think the floor is like a really good second line winger and the ceiling's like a third Kachuk brother. Yeah. It's just, he's so easy to project to the NHL. He does everything so well. He's going to score 35 goals, he's probably going to score 80 points consistently. While also providing great defense and just being a menace, um, I love I love Ryan Leonard. I just oh, I hope he doesn't get drafted by Montreal at five, and I understand why people would be frustrated because it's it's a bit of a safe pick. But after, you know, they went they went swing for the fences last year, and sure did. You know, I would really have a hard time seeing any. Any NHL team enjoy playing against Uri Slavkovsky and Ryan Leonard consistently. Because between the physicality and just like, like it just, oh, those two guys are so physical. It'd be, you'd hate playing against that team every night. Include Arbor Jacki into that team. And you're like, who cares about Cole Caulfield being small? Because you have three players that will knock your head off at any given time. Yep. So if you're Montreal, like I could see Leonard at five. I wouldn't love it, but I can, I can understand it. I don't think Montreal does take Leonard at five, but number eight, I have Devin Hester, <laughs> no, Oliver Moore from the U.S. National Development Team program. He's the best skater to come out in the since Connor McDavid. Um, his skating is just otherworldly. It's he's not Kasperi Kapanen. If I thought he was anything close to Kasperi Kapanen, I would He'd have be ranked him ranked in the twenties. Uh, no, because his skating <laughs> is still that good. I would probably put him. Actually no, I'd probably put him in the 20s if he if he was yeah, his his puck handling, his shooting he he still plays so fast it will take him time to catch up a little bit, but it's not like he's it's not like he's tanner Melendic. yeah there's not they're not the same. Oliver Moore will score 10, 15 goals a year just because of his speed and he will set up more goals because of his speed as well. Alrighty. righty. We have two defensemen in a row at six and seven. At seventh overall, Dmitry Simeshev. I love him. It's going to be our NHL teams convinced he can be a top pair defenseman with his offensive game. I have no no issues projecting him being a top line. Like he he's his puck handling, he's got some deception, he uses head fakes really well. He's six foot four and he's so evasive. Not just like not just with his long speed, but he can like two, three strides and he's just gone. And oh, I love his short area quickness, his edge work. He's such a good skater and he's so physical defensively, like he kills everything in front of him. The only reason I don't have him ranked ahead of David Ryanbacker, He's Russian. That and I just think David Ryanbacker's safer. Fair like enough. David Ryanbacker has a similar defensive profile, not quite the skater. He's still an above-average skater, but Ryanbacker one has the production in a very, very high-level Swiss elite league. Yeah. Like Simashev has pretty average production in the MHL, Like I think it was twelve points in forty games. That's not not bad, but it's not great. Yeah. Not what you would expect from someone that can be a top pair defenseman. I just. I think the pro- the projection for Simichev is a lot harder to make than it, it is with Ryanbacker. That's the only the only gripe I have. It's not even a gripe because I'm still putting him at seven, and I'm putting him ahead of players that I think are going to be top line forwards. So make of it what you will, but if you want potential, I would say go with Simichev. If you want a steady 50 points per season, can play 25 minutes a game, take Raven Reinbacher. All right. Oh and yeah, David Reinbacker had uh, the pretty much mirror like his production in the Swiss League, the exact same as Roman Yosi. In his two pro- like his draft year and the previous draft, like the previous year, the exact same. So yeah,
1: and that's probably your best
0: <laughs> Swiss uh, comparable. <gasps> oh yeah, by far the best. <laughs> uh, although Reinbacker is Austrian. Yes. So, we'll, but he we'll, played in Splitting so. hairs, potato potato. Um, Zach Benson, the left winger from the Winnipeg Ice formerly
1: best... Winnipeg Ice
0: oh yeah now they are the oh what are they now the w- w- Wakahachi no I, I said that wrong w- don't w- I I just posted it too in our in w- our, w- our league w- chat Wentichi? W- something like that it starts with a W they're still the Ice they're still the Ice <laughs> they're yeah. just getting the US now <laughs> yeah Benson's gonna score 120 points next year in the WHL no problem as long as they still have a few of those carryovers from that team this year um, yeah, he's the best. I mean, he's the best passer in this year's draft. Uh, his his deceptiveness when he has the puck is incredible. You never know what he's going to do with the puck, and that's why he doesn't have to be the best skater because he can. He he's like Le'Veon Bell. He waits for things to open up, and he's slippery. Like you just you can't get a hand on him. You can't get a stick on him because. You think you know where he's going, and then he just he puck handles the puck away from you. Like he drags the puck away. He's got that Connor Bedard. Okay, he's not the stick handler. Connor Bedard is. No one is. But, no one is. But oh, I love Benson. If if you're worried about his size, don't be. the The projection to get him on a top line is he can play amazing defensively. He'll kill penalties. He can get seventy assists every single year. He might never score forty goals, but I think he scores thirty goals just because he gets you know, top line minutes. Yeah. And if he's, you know, playing with an elite talent, he can probably score 30 goals. All right. We're into fourth overall. Oh, I actually forgot that I put Leo Carlson at fourth overall. <laughs> I, I was just about to say Madvi Michkov because I was like, I have Madvi <laughs> at fourth. No, you don't. No, I have Michkov at third and I have Leo Carlson at fourth. And the reason for that is Mitchkov is a dynamic offensive talent.
1: Sure is.
0: Leo Carlson is a
1: pretty good one. He's
0: very like he's so good with the puck on a stick. With the puck on a stick, Leo Carlson is second in this draft to Connor Bedard. The only reason I have Carlson below Michkov is I think. I think Michkov can score like fifty goals consistently, and I just think Carlson will score eighty points every year. Be the you know, he'll be like a top fifteen, top ten center in the league, but. Very few players can score 50 goals a year. Yeah. Consistently. And I think Matt Michkov can do it.
1: There's, there is a reason that he is the greatest Russian prospect since Malkin Ovechkin.
0: Well, and I, I think if you just look at production in the KHL, look at Kuzmenko from 21-22, uh, and then look at Kuzmenko in the NHL last year, and then look at Matt Michkov's numbers, and you're like, okay, they're pretty similar. And Michkov's like seven years younger. So if Kuzmenko can come in and score 30 40 goals, and I understand that not every KHL player who has high like who has, you know, high production does that. The difference between Kuzmenko and a lot of the KHL transfers is pretty wide though in my opinion. Like there's a big gap. I don't Mitchkov could come into the NHL next year. Next year and score 30 goals. He won't because he won't be in the NHL for 3 years, but well, at least 3 years. Unless it, he could. It's possible. There are like Mirosh He's he's come over early. There are yep. there are Russian players that are forcing themselves out of Russia. Artem Dud,a he's now in Maine for the he's for the for the Black Bears.
1: Well, and if like Misha the, the the reports are that he's coming for the draft.
0: Oh yeah, he by so... all accounts like he's he wants to be an NHL player and he's 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 tuned into what's going on. Yeah, if he does try to force his way to Washington, that remains to be seen. I don't know if I, I I think a team like Montreal would be like, yeah, we'll we'll draft you and then we'll trade you to Washington and force them to overpay us. That's what I would do. But if that actually works, that's a whole other whole other question. But yeah, I'm I'm confident with Mitch Cobb at third. I just think he can score fifty goals and he's more than a good enough playmaker. Which that was his one knock. Coming into this year, but his playmaking improved greatly with Sochi, so um, no problems with him at third overall.
1: All right, sorry, I'm. No, it's all good. Uh, to we're uh, go,
0: we're gonna go to a uh, number two here because here. I feel like the top five. There's just once you get past Mitchkov and Carlson, there's just no debate because everyone knows Bedard's at one and Fintilli's at two. If there is debate at two, it's like, do you put Mitchkov at two? Do you put Carlson at two? That's the only. You can debate second overall, but I wouldn't. Because Fantilli, his floor is like being maybe not one of the 10 best centers in the NHL.
1: Oh, darn it. He's the 12th best center yeah. in the NHL. Like,
0: that's his floor. He has an absolute unreal one-timer. He's going to he's going to camp at the right face-off dot and just score 20 goals a year on the power play. Um, got a great one-timer, great wrist shot. He's an amazing passer. His compete is just... It's, it's really fun when you get super skilled players that also work really hard. It's just, it's a great combination. Uh, Fantilli, I, I'm super excited for him to go to Anaheim. He's going to be great with McTavish. That line is going to cause all kinds of problems for NHL teams for a long, long time. Especially once you factor in, they have Minshikov, Zellweger, Luno. There's guys I'm missing too
1: that are better. Um, um, their defensive
0: pipeline is just stupid. Yeah. So it's, well, they
1: had the they had the WHL defenseman of the year, Quebec Ranger Junior defenseman of the year, OHL defenseman of the year. Yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty nice setup
0: they have going there in Anaheim. So to add Adam Fan- Fantilli to that core is just going to be it's going to be lovely. I, I heard a rumor, and it's like Montreal offered Josh Anderson, Oh, what was it, Josh Anderson, Owen back and fifth overall, and I'm like, I wouldn't even entertain that phone call i would hang up the second that was offered
1: i think if i yeah if i was pat if i was pat Verbeek, i'd be like uh you want to throw another two firsts on that
0: what would it take like it would take for me to move as the gm of anaheim i would need fifth overall lane hudson owen beck
1: and two firsts
0: (laughs) i would i would say either i would say calgary's first and your first next year or i would need your ice Fair enough. It's it would it would need to be a haul. Like Adam Ventilli is going to be that good. Um, yeah. So that leaves number one, Connor Bedard. He's going to score. You know, he might not score forty goals next year just because Chicago sucks. But he's that good. I think he does. And he also. might My... tra- I think he's going to try too hard next year to score. I think, I think he's going to have some issues with that. Like you saw it happen against Saskatoon a few times where he just got destroyed. Yeah. You try to make too much My... happen,
1: and it my personal feeling that he is is he's going to be somewhere in the 60 point range in his first year.
0: I think he gets a little bit over that, but just because someone has to score in Chicago, but and he has Seth Jones, he's going to have Lucas Reichel. There's there's talent in Chicago, there's just not a wealth of it yet. Patrick Kane might be back, but it does help that they've got like five picks in the top 50. So yeah. four picks in the top 50. So I think I think, you know, if you're getting Connor Bedard Colby Barlow or Samuel Honzek or Nate Danielson and you know the top 15 oh man Chicago could turn it around really quickly
1: yeah they've got Especially, uh they've got some decent pieces like Korczynski's interesting I'm not as big um, on Korczynski as others but that's why I said interesting I don't he, he can
0: pass which you know it'll be if you're you know and he's big yeah <laughs> He's not that big. He's he's not that big to, you know, say he's big, but he's, no, he's he's a good enough passer that, you know, he'll make the NHL. I just, I worry about his long-term defensive upside.
1: My brother is in love with Paul Ludwinski. <laughs> oh, I
0: love Ludwinski. Yeah, Ludwinski is one of those guys in Chicago that he could be their 2C for a long time. He, I think he's probably a safer bet to be 3. Yeah, I think,
1: I think he's a safe bet to be a 3C. But he could, he, his, he his skating 2C. is like... Yeah.
0: Oh, if, if 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 only Kingston actually had some some coaching to, to go along <laughs> with some of the skill they have. Hopefully for next year. All right, well that pretty much sums up my uh,
1: top 101 prospects for this year's draft. Well, we didn't really talk about the number 1, but you all you've all ah, heard it. Oh man, it's just like who <laughs> yeah. wants to talk about Connor Bedard? It's just it's just been it's been over everybody's everybody's heard Eddie everything since this kid was 12. Exactly. It's like
0: it's like the Andrew Wiggins of of NHL prospects because i just remember like andrew know, wiggins being like the guy from 13 it's like, until
1: it's like all of these generational talents you hear about Sidney Crosby from the minute he was in diapers
0: yeah <laughs> the nice thing about bedard is i don't think there's any chance he turns into lafreniere
1: yeah i uh, i would my I would, I would be really i i think I've, I've said this before in a number of places i look at jack hughes as sort of a comparable a bit like i know he's he's more talented than hughes which is crazy but i feel like just that that small talented like center i I feel like it's just gonna take a little bit
0: well all i can say is it'll be so much fun to see what chicago does in this year's draft oh yeah because you'll find out what kind of team they want to build around him yeah that's pretty much like that's that's the first thing you'll know is who do they take it is it 14th overall uh I haven't really looked at the draft order that much, to be honest with you. I've been focusing more on like, where do I order my prospects? <laughs> so I'm just going to ask you actually now, are there any, uh, are there any rankings here you, you vehemently disagree with or don't, uh, don't agree with in any way? Would, would there be someone that you would say like, oh, I would have him higher. or Oh, I would have him lower. Mm. I'm, I'm excited to see if, uh, if Twitter roasts me for some of my rankings. I hope they do. Cause I, I, en- I enjoy engagement. So, I think Kristall will be the one that people latch onto the most. Like 28 is pretty low for him. But it's understandable.
1: Yeah, you're in the 40s. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> Jaeger at
0: uh, Jaeger at 45 is going to ruffle some feathers.
1: Doo, 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 doo.
0: Well, overall, I think this was a was a pretty good podcast.
1: Chicago pick at 1-19-19.
0: I thought they had an earlier pick than that
1: one in 19. All right. Well,
0: 19, they had- Hey, they get Michael Hrabel in my, uh, in my rankings. So they get their goalie of the future. Although I think they already have drew Camesso, so they might not need one, but all right. Any, uh, anything you want to plug here before we go here, Stuart, any real housewives, uh, podcast coming out soon.
1: <laughs> we're on um a bit of an extended hiatus all right well
0: <laughs> definitely not the same here for the uh, for the windmill dynasty hockey podcast i would uh, like to thank Stuart for coming over once again making this a wednesday tradition and uh yeah i uh, look forward to releasing my rankings on twitter tonight and uh yeah that'll be it for episode six of the windmill dynasty hockey podcast we'll, uh, we'll see you back next week